This is Uncheck the Box, the podcast for women professionals and entrepreneurs who want to confidently bring their ideas to life. Here, we're creating a community for people who like to have in-depth conversations, who want to discover ways to be more present while experiencing life and communicating with others, and who want to explore new ways of cultivating joy and satisfaction as they do their life's work. This is Uncheck the Box, episode number five. The topic of today's episode is unfinished masterpieces. Now, Archana, as we were preparing for this episode, the memory that came to mind was our trip to Barcelona on our family trip six years ago. Do you remember that trip? Not really. What? You mean you don't remember visiting four cities in nine days and using every form of public transportation in Spain? Oh, that trip. Yeah, maybe I do remember that one. It's just kind of a whirlwind if you ask me. Yeah, like most of our trips. And <laughs> the part of the trip that really stood out for me in relation to what we're talking about today is our visit to the Sagrada Familia um, in Barcelona. And I'm sure you remember that. Of course. Of course I remember that. I mean, that piece of architecture is just absolutely unbelievable. And the thing that I remember the most about that is that we went in 2014, and the Sagrada Familia is actually not finished yet. And so at that time, they had finished one of the towers, so that actually allowed for a tour that would let us go to the top, where we could see some of the um, plaster molding work that um, Antoni Gaudi had actually completed. And so it was really fun for me because... I got to actually challenge myself because I am so afraid of heights. And so we went up in that elevator all the way to the top and we were able to walk over that little balcony and see some of these incredible art pieces and the views of Barcelona. But the really difficult thing for me was realizing that we weren't going to be taking that same elevator down. <laughs> Do you remember? They actually told us that we had to walk down this spiral staircase that didn't have any railings or anything to hold on to. And so as we started going down those incredibly steep steps, I remember looking out to my right and thinking, oh my gosh, I am so high up because I could see out these little windows. And then if I looked over to my left... There's no railing there. All I can see down is down to where I'm going to plummet and fall because I'm so clumsy and I just knew that I was going to miss one of these steps. And so I'm totally freaking out, totally terrified. And then behind us, there's this entire group of tourists who had caught on to how incredibly scared I was. And instead of complaining or anything like that, I just remember them all grouping together and they started chanting, <laughs> and it just started echoing in that entire tower. And for anybody who's afraid of heights, maybe this sounds intimidating, but in that moment, with the energy that was just ricocheting off of those tower walls, it was exactly what I needed to feel like, I can do this, I can get to the bottom, I will survive, and I did. <laughs> we got to the bottom, and I remember that you and I just collapsed into that bench, and my legs were shaking so bad that I wouldn't have been able to stand if I wanted to. But it was so memorable for me because they didn't leave us immediately. That entire tourist group just stood in front of us and they were jumping up and down and cheering and so happy for us that we actually made it to the bottom. And it was just this really joyous moment. And the Sagrada Familia will always represent that to me because even though it's an unfinished piece, it creates such a sense of local and global community because Everybody that goes there feels like they have 
experience something and that they're part of the building. And I think that's why it is actually a masterpiece, even in its unfinished state. Yeah, I remember getting to the bottom of that tower and feeling such a sense of relief. And there was such a contrast between what we experienced in that tower in that very enclosed space and then what we saw in front of us as we sat on that bench and then just took in the basilica that was in front of us and all of the stained glass and the people that were visiting. There was such an energy and a sense of community. And I remember also that I was really stimulated in my imagination because at that time when we visited, there was still 12 years left to the planned completion of the Sacra Familia. And so I knew that there was still a lot more that was being built that was obvious to us when we were visiting. There's still obvious construction going on. And so the imagination was stimulated to think, what will this look like in another one, two, five, ten years? You know, it's going to be different than what I'm seeing right now. So that was really awesome. And it made me think then today, as I'm reflecting back on that trip, about how our entire lives are really unfinished masterpieces. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, you know, like when we're living life, we often have these goals or we feel like we're heading somewhere, right? Like there's always something that we're working toward. And that's great. And I think there's a really great reason to do that, right? To have goals and to feel like we have direction and purpose and that's necessary. It makes us feel like there's something of meaning going on. But often what it also does is it leads to this feeling of being incomplete when in fact there's already so much to appreciate and value about our own lives and where we're at. You know, we don't need to judge ourselves for not having yet accomplished those goals or that we haven't yet, you know, lived our life in the way that we imagined it. We don't have to judge ourselves for that or judge our lives for that, but we do. Instead, maybe there's actually value in doing the exact opposite of that. Instead of judging ourselves, if we appreciate the moment and value what we've created along the way, maybe it'll create the energy we need to move forward and actually become what we want to become. Yeah, I mean, when we take away judgment, it creates the space for us to get to where we want to go eventually, I think. I think it makes it easier to do that. But beyond that point, the completion of that goal isn't even what really matters. I mean, the Sagrada Familia, there's an inherent beauty in it because it's unfinished. And there's so much to appreciate about that. And I even remember you saying at one point that you were sad thinking that it was going to be finished because then it would be done. Like there wouldn't be anything for us to to continue on in our minds in, in that memory. Yeah, I remember saying that because when we had gone there, it was 2014. So there was 12 years for it to be finished. It's anticipated that it will be completed in 2026. And now we're only six years away from that. And I do feel a sense of bittersweetness in that because it's almost like when you're going through high school and you're preparing to graduate, right? Or going through college or some kind of professional program and preparing to graduate. Because I think so much of our lives are spent wishing away that time and really anticipating getting that degree and walking across that stage. But when you look back on it, it's really all of the days that you were learning and creating bonds with people and becoming whoever you were meant to be, you know, whether that's a high school graduate, college graduate, doctor, lawyer, whatever it might be. That's really the most special and important part that has shaped who you are. It's not the actual receiving of the diploma. And so that's kind of what it reminds me of with the Sagrada Familia is that like when it's complete, what is that going to do to the entire culture that's been created around people going there and creating that community and all of that? 
Yeah, that's an important thing to think about that we will have to fill in some sort of a void, right? Because of that whole discourse and that the community that was created around that. That's an interesting thing to think about. But it's it's also to say it's not to take away from the feeling of accomplishment, but it really relates back to that idea that life is being lived right now. And the example that usually stands out for me in my own personal experience is thinking about my experience as a musician, because I was a pianist and a flautist, and I used to sing, believe it or not. I remember how much I used to practice when I was in high school. And I remember how good it felt to compete in the various piano competitions that we were in, that I participated in, and, and sometimes even to win. But really, when I had the most feeling of joy and what felt constant, like it wouldn't just slip away, was when I was practicing each day. And I remember what it was like, you know, like being able to sit down at the piano for hours and just being able to get immersed in the music and in the song and and not even thinking about what it was leading to, but knowing at the same time, right, in the back of my mind that this was all being done also to be able to showcase what I had accomplished. And I remember getting to that point of the competition and and finally being there and competing, but you know, so much had already been gained and appreciated through the process of practice. And this is a concept that's talked about in this book called The Practicing Mind. And it's one of the books that one of my first coaches had recommended I read because I was so focused at that time trying to get to that goal or some some point in the future that I had lost sight of what was actually going on in that moment. It was such a good reminder for me, that memory of being a musician and what practice really meant. Having said all this, the other thing I was thinking about was the idea of what finished even means. So if we think about the word finished, it's interesting because we'll have this idea of what finished is supposed to look like, or what we're supposed to create when things are finished, or what it will feel like when things are done. But the truth is, we don't even really know what finished is really supposed to look like. I mean, there's so many things that we don't have the capacity to predict or the ability to imagine what, what's possible. And so so many times finished means for us, I think, you know, what we told people will, will do and how we defined our goals, we use that as a benchmark as to whether we're finished or not. Or we'll look to the past and look at what's already been done and use that as a guide. When is that true? Is what we want to do just recreate more of the past or do we want to create something new and unexpected? In life, I feel like we're constantly evolving and there's always something new that's coming up. So it's probably worth thinking about how we define finished in various settings. With you mentioning that, it makes me think about the fact that up to this point, we've been talking about life as a whole, right? But how do we deal with the fact that sometimes we do have this realistic, tangible goal that we want to complete? Like, Maybe we want to influence a new policy to be created in government, or if we have a painting that we're creating that we want to sell, or if we're writing a book, how do we reconcile what we're talking about with actually creating this tangible thing? Well, in this case, I think there are a lot of different perspectives. Of course, on the one hand, having a realistic goal and wanting to accomplish it is great. I think accomplishing goals is wonderful. It gives us something fun to experience in life. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't accomplish anything in life just because we're trying to find appreciation for what we've already done. At the same time, here's something to think about. When we're checking the boxes, many times what's driving us is wanting to create a path to success or a certain reputation. Now, this is based on an old mindset or wanting that will only get us so far to create the satisfaction that we really want. Very quickly, we end up realizing that there's limitations to using these types of external motivators. I know that I've for sure experienced this, and it's something I deal with regularly, even now. 
that when we want to achieve success and a certain reputation and that those external things are what motivate us, it doesn't always lead to lasting satisfaction. But the thing to anticipate is that when we decide to uncheck the boxes, what we're really doing is declaring that we're going to start doing things differently. And what we sometimes forget is that there's a transition phase where we're still holding on to this old belief that conforming to norms is going to guarantee our success and our reputation and that we'll be okay, that it's all going to feel good. But really, it feels unsettled because we're at the same time wanting to do things differently. And so this unsettled feeling is okay. Yeah, I mean, eventually, we end up realizing that as much as we want to stand out and create this positive reputation because of what we we accomplish, where we need to start from is not trying to do things to get attention, but actually getting attention for what we're choosing to be. Yeah, I think so. Can you share more on that? What are you thinking about? Well, what I'm thinking is, if we're lucky, we'll eventually get to this point where we realize that as much as we want others to see us and connect with us, what we're really doing is trying to present from a genuine place where we're showcasing who we really are. And when you're doing that, the best part is that you're not finding joy in the accomplishment itself, but actually in the creative process, which makes you form a deeper connection with what's happening around you. And you mentioned earlier that you think about piano playing when you think about this type of concept. And I can relate to that as well, since I played as well. But I remember there was this one competition that I was a part of. And I remember choosing a song, the Moonlight Sonata, based on the fact that I was going into competition. But I was really lucky in the fact that my piano instructor didn't really care about whether or not I won. So I was able to experience practicing that song and really diving into my emotions, connecting with my instructor in a way that I had never imagined that I could over something that is based in art. And the feelings that I feel when I play that song now, whether or not I play it perfectly, is so meaningful to me. And the fact of the matter is, is that I did end up placing in the competition, but I don't even think about that. When I think about that song, I think about just who I am and what it makes me feel and the emotions and how I grew as a person rather than just the fact that I, you know, placed in a competition. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is this idea that you didn't need to win the competition in order to feel good about where you're at in life or what you've done. The practicing and the the connection with yourself and the connection with your teacher, all of those things are really what gave you so much meaning at that time. And as part of that, there was almost an acceptance of yourself of where you were at in that moment. And I think that when we're able to find more acceptance for who we are, wherever we're at in life, and no matter what we've created up to that point, it releases us to do more. And ironically, it has the potential to bring us more of what we wanted in the first place, right? I mean, the funny thing is, like, we'd be, you would have been okay with or without that final award for that competition. Yeah, that's true. Right? So I think the question that people are probably quietly asking themselves is, how do you create something unexpected? How do you reach your goal? Or how do you make that impact without it feeling so hard in the process? I think what we're always thinking about is, how do we make it feel easier, I know it's something that I'm continually reflecting on, and this is something we'll talk about next week. So next week, what we'll be talking about is the answer to that question, which we'll propose is that we should live life well and let the ideas come. And that's a really nice statement, right? It sounds 
simple, and it is simple, but it's not always easy, but it will make things feel easier. We're excited to talk about how that shows up in different aspects of life, whether that's our creative work, in business, in our professions, in, in family life. There's so many ways to allow things to be easier by just living life well, and we'll talk more about what that means. So we're looking forward to chatting with you next week. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Uncheck the Box. We're so happy to have you be part of our community. To those of you that have reached out to connect with us, we're appreciative of your kind words, and we want to let you know that that's what helps us grow and create even more content for you. That's why we're encouraging you to please leave us a rating and a written review in the Apple Podcasts app. All you have to do is scroll down on our show page and tap the stars to rate and the words write review to review. As a quick reminder, this show provides general educational information and entertainment and is not legal or medical advice. For more information, please check the link in our show notes for our full disclaimer. If you have questions about today's show or want to start a conversation, email us at utvconnect at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at uncheckthebox. Forming meaningful connections is something extremely important to both Ashwini and I, and we do respond to everyone who contacts us. Until the next one, thanks for listening.